Listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren Smith, and for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking, well, chocolate. Not even food and drink, really, just chocolate. Aren't Amazing. We? I've never seen so much stuff in the studio I'm ever. So excited. Ever, 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 ever. Um, I'm joined by my fellow presenter, AJ Sharp, who cannot take the smile off her face. She's a taste expert. She's a judge for the Great Taste Awards and loads of other awards. And she's a food writer and she runs a food and drink PR company and she does all of them. Anyway, what we're talking about today is although the studio is completely packed full of chocolate, uh, following on from last week, really, we, we've been quite interested in ethics mm. in the food and drink sector aren't we been a big theme recently hasn't yeah, it yeah and and the fact that um there's some quite shocking facts really about how some products are produced in the food industry mm. i know we've seen it a bit in the fashion clothing industry mm-hmm. that sort of spilled up out into the open but it hasn't really in the food industry yet has it i think it's say? coming i would say it's coming it's coming too i think um, there's a lot of people out there who are becoming so much more educated about their food and where it comes from. And, and they want to know. They want to know, yeah. Mm. So we did talk about B Corp uh, last week, but we, we're still going to sort of carry on that film about ethics and how it's important. Uh, and again, I'm not a pl- very political person, I don't think, um, but but the most political thing you can do is how you spend your money, mm. I think, don't you? And then just vote with your feet. If you mm-hmm. don't agree with something, just vote with your feet. That's, that's the I way to do it. I couldn't agree more, yeah. And I think people are doing that now. Mm, I hope so. So uh, we've got two experts to talk about this. Uh, first of all, we have Lord Chocoloni the third. Is that your real name? No, my real name's Ben. That's my Tony's title. <laughs> so that's your Tony's. So I've got Ben Greensmith, who's the MD of the sort of UK arm of Tony's Chocolone Chocolone Lee Chocolone Chocolone. I keep saying Chocolone That's it. And um, Lily Gaskell of True Pig Vegan. Hi. Hey. It's actually Chief Truffler. You're the chief truffler. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Very good. Uh, You formerly were truffle pig. Some people might know from that, but they've rebounded and now true pig. Branding looks great, by the way. Um, If you recall, you you will definitely know uh, Chocolonely by the packaging. It's insane. Mm. It's a bit sort of 60s, 70s. Mm. Is that that the aim or is it just to go right in your face? Well, it's a long story, but it's there to... We've got a very serious mission and the, and the packaging's the total opposite. So it's, it draws you in from the fixture. It's very bright in your face. Yeah, and it's a definite standout. You can't miss it. So psychedelic look about very, it. <laughs> very, very, very psychedelic. So um, basically what Ben's done is he's bought, uh, there must be 20 bars of chocolate in here, mm-hmm. uh, all bright colours um, and all different flavours. So, so there's the, there's their sort of normal chocolate one. There's a caramel and sea salt. Uh, there's a hazelnutty one. There's almond. There's raspberry. So we're going to ask his advice on which ones to taste. Um, and then 
um, um, very kindly, Lily has bought a, a whole lovely range of true pig vegan stuff. So you've bought some truffles? Yeah, we, so we do a lot of hand-painted bonbons. So the colours are like on the actual chocolates hand themselves. Hand-painted. So, yeah. so I hand-paint the um, cocoa butters that we temper onto oh, the wow. chocolates. They've unfortunately been in the car a little while, so they've lost a bit of their shine. But they will be fine. Um, but we have fudges and we do pralines as well as the chocolates yeah. as well. And, and so some beautiful bars of chocolates. So they look a bit Trublerone. like Troblerone. Tro- <laughs> so you call it Troblerone. We do. Um, and it literally has that sort of pyramidy things that um, a, a Toblerone would have. And then there's some, what's in what's in that packet there? That's, That's our salted caramel chocolate chip fudge. So we use a Whitby sea salt. Got and some tasting to do, Ben. In the Great wow. Taste Awards this year. Oh, oh it's good luck. Judged. Yeah. I don't know. She, I, I think she's trying to pay you off there. <laughs> it's too late. Bribery. Now, it's oh, it's all <laughs> oh, well, that's not going to work. Um, and then what's in that jar? So that's our, it's called hazelnut whip. So it's, uh, we make our own hazelnut praline and then I aerate it and whip it. And what do you do with that? That's. I mean, usually just grab a spoon, but um, people just use eat it. it. We sort of sell it like a nut butter. So ah. on toast or ice cream or. A very, very or decadent nut butter. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we want to talk about the, the ethics uh, behind some of this. Um, ben, can you tell us about, you know, you've got a very, very crazy bit of packaging. As soon as you open up the packaging and you look inside, it does tell the story. Can you just give us a brief history of how, how this all came about and, and the thing that drives you guys? Yeah. So um, we were started 16 years ago in the Netherlands when three journalists uh, uncovered massive issues with slavery and child labor on cocoa farms in West Africa, which is where more than two-thirds of the world's cocoa comes from, Ghana and the Ivory Coast. Um, and they found out that the big chocolate companies were doing nothing about it. And actually, they're a big, big cause of the problem because you've got probably about 10 big chocolate companies that control all of the flow of the cocoa. So about 95% of the world's cocoa goes to these big, big chocolate companies. So, so household names who would be familiar yeah. with, like Cadbury's and, 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 Cadbury's, and all Mars, of, Nestle, yeah, all those Hershey, okay. Green and Blacks, Lint. Um, I'm not saying they're, they're deliberately driving it, but 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 they sort of are aware and... and yes. Yeah. Well, they keep the possibly... price of cocoa as low as possible, right. the price they pay, so they can make as much profit as possible. And they make billions each and every year. Uh, and as a result, you have, which is, this is really shocking, when I discovered this about four or five years ago, and this is what drives us, you've got um, two and a half million farmers working in West, West Africa on small farms. And uh, because of the low prices, you've got 1.6 million children, 1.6 million kids working illegally. Wow. And that is because they're paid so little. They're living in poverty and they have to take their kids out of school mm. and use them on their on their farms to basically uh, work, work the cocoa plantations. And then you've got a minimum of 30,000 who are effectively um, kept in uh, modern day slavery. Uh, and the root cause of all of this is, is, is price and it's poverty. And we exist to change that. And we've been going for 16 years. These three Dutch journalists uncovered this issue and they wanted to do something about it. One of them was uh, was was called Turn Van der Kerken, and the international translation for Turn is Tony. And mm. uh, he basically filmed himself eating a load of chocolate, of which he was pretty sure there was some forced labour in the value chain. And he, he he phoned the police and he said, "Look, I'm a, I'm I'm knowingly financing slavery and child labour by buying cocoa. Therefore, I'm a chocolate criminal. You've got to come and arrest me." They hung up on him. 
So he then, <laughs> unsurprisingly, as you'd expect, yes. so he then flew out uh, to to West Africa, and he found four former child slaves, and he got them to testify against him, and he hired a lawyer, and he prosecuted himself, and wow. um, court case went on for two years, uh, and it was the same. He was. Uh, trying to try himself for the the same crime, which was basically financing slavery and child labour, and uh, he the court case went on for two years, and off the back of it, Tony didn't go to jail, um, but the judge said morally you've, you've you've got a point because you know the, the, what's happening today is is abhorrent. It shouldn't be happening, um, but I can't draw a link between the cocoa that these boys have produced. And the cocoa you've eaten, and also if I set send you to jail, it's going to set a terrible precedent. So he didn't go to jail, but off the back of it, he made a bar, and he made five thousand of them as a PR stunt, and they sold out in in hours. Uh, so actually, and he called it Tony's Chocolate Only Tony because that was his name, mm -hmm. and uh, lonely the lonely element. That's why it's so important is because at the time it was just Tony trying to change the industry from within. So wow. That's uh, that was that was 16 years ago, uh, and that's what we've been doing ever since. And actually, we took the decision 16 years ago that if we're serious about this, the best way isn't by a PR stunt or being a charity or an NGO. It's by building a business uh, using different sourcing principles and demonstrating to the big chocolate companies that it can be done. That you can be done. You yeah. can do it. And that's when you open a bar of Tony's. It's unequally divided because, as you say, it tells the story of the unequal nature of the chocolate industry. Yeah, amazing. Mm. And again, that's something we sort of touched on last week. If you are a independent, profitable organisation, it does sometimes make you more sustainable, which means you can keep going for longer. And you're not you're not reliant on grants or handouts and whatever, and, and you can use that profit for good. In, in essence. Yeah, and I mean, look, we don't make a we don't make a lot, a, a crazy amount of profit. We make enough to run our business, mm -hmm. but crucially, we make enough to ensure that we're enabling all the farmers we work with, which is now over ten thousand, as we've grown to to the number one chocolate brand in in the Netherlands, and we've launched now in about thirty countries. Uh, we're enabling those farmers to earn a living income and effectively get out of poverty. Mm, so amazing. It, it can be done, and we want more companies to do it. So we say, look, copy us. This is how we do it, and we will help you adopt our five sourcing principles. Mm. And and in my hand here, I have a a, a, a very unusual annual report, uh, which looks like fun to read. It's full of images and uh, diagrams and all that. And this is an absolute warts and all breakdown of how your business has gone through the last year, what you've made, how many people you've helped, and you know all the, all those sorts of things. Yeah, and that's available online as well, and we publish that. Each and every year, not because we 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 have to, we, you know, we're not a public uh, company, but because we think it's the right thing to do. Mm, to be we, transparent. To be transparent and also to people to look at us and if they can f help us raise the bar and, and improve because we're, we're by no means perfect, then uh, then that's why that's there. So. And it's got in there, obviously, reducing your carbon emissions and, and sourcing, hopefully, from 12,000 farmers uh, next year. And um, again, monitoring uh, child labour, Growing your revenue to 146 million euros. That's yep. not bad going. It's all right. We're still say. we're still tiny, and I think probably account for about 0.4 percent of all the cocoa that's traded in the world. So wow. we've got a long way to go. Still a huge. Uh, I mean, it's a huge achievement to get to that mm. sort of level. Yeah, so we were three years into the UK. We'll do 22 million this year. Um, so it's it's going in the right direction, but. As with all things, we want it to go sooner because the 
the more we grow, the more people, the more consumers that are aware, the faster we can change things. Because most consumers in the UK, most shoppers aren't aware that there's problems with slavery and child labor. Okay. So it's, it's 34%. We measure it every year. Somewhere like the Netherlands, where we've been going for, for 16 years, it's 75%. So part of my job, wow. my team's job is to change that and up that, make yep. consumers aware, give them a choice. So if I can just explain exactly what child labour means, as in your, your annual report, about 63%, so about two-thirds of boys uh, and 37% girls, 29% um, of them are carrying very heavy loads, I mean huge loads, uh, which is obviously doing uh, a damage to them in one way or another. 42% have inadequate protective shoes and clothing, so presumably injuries quite likely um, in, in whatever they're doing. And uh, 40% nearly are using machetes to break cocoa pods. That frightens me to death. Whoa. Yeah. You know? um, and it's those sorts of things that <laughs> that's what child labour means. It doesn't mean you're paying somebody to do four hours a day and they're helping their families. This this is complete yeah. exploitation. 95% of them are doing the most hazardous work. And it is... Um, Oh, I mean, ultimately, it's dangerous and they're not going to school. They're denied they're not, an education. Yes, so it's yes, this vicious, vicious, vicious circle circle that keeps perpetuating. So. Oh, God, it makes me... It's very upsetting. It's, it's incredibly upsetting. And I, and I think the thing is, and, and part of the reason for doing this programme is that people don't know about these things. We want you to know. Yeah. Um, if, if it's, you know, if, if you're not bothered, that's all fine with us. Um, but, but if you are, you can vote with your... Well, you have a choice. Your money and, and, yeah, have a choice or, or ask questions. You should be asking questions if you're not happy, I think. Mm. I um, really enjoyed the um, the Tony's Chocoloni advent calendar, of course, last Christmas. It was in all the national press, wasn't it? It was a big, it was a big deal, wasn't it? Because you left out, was it, was it you, you probably explained this better than me, but you left out one of the days, didn't you? Yeah, we do. Um, we don't spend much on marketing, so... We rely on stunts and doing things a little bit differently to grab attention and, and headlines. So last year we left out day eight. There was no chocolate in day eight. Um, in hindsight, we we put two in day nine, and then we actually put two in day twenty-four. So you, if you bought if you bought it versus what it said, you were still you're still winning because you got mm. you got more chocolate than said on the pack. But um, but uh, yeah, we left it out to to show to people that actually. The cocoa industry, the chocolate industry is sometimes not fair. Mm. You might not get what you think. Um, hindsight, we probably... So no have, chocolate today, kids? No chocolate in day eight, but two in day nine. Um, and <laughs> it caused such... We got so much coverage from it. It, it was on the BBC News. It was um, on Have I Got News For You, which just mm. popped up when we were watching that yeah, on a Friday yeah. night. And um, Good. it did. It raised awareness. It raised awareness like like nothing else, though, didn't it? It, it did. It was... It, I mean, we get a measure on that brand and issue awareness and I'm due on next month and I've no doubt that that would have been a, a big, big driver of, of yeah. helping us Absolutely. raise that awareness. Tell so that story. I'm glad, I'm glad you, uh, you bought it. Didn't annoy you too much, I hope. No, not at all. I thought it was incredible. It was mm. just the story around it and why it was being done, I just thought was fascinating. Mm. Lily, have you got any thoughts on that? It's, it's very shocking, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, so we've started as a, incredibly small brand so you say you're being small you know we it's me and my husband that make the chocolate ourselves um so that was always something that was a big concern to us which is why we've moved more towards we do our pralines and the fudge now because when we first started making um we're chocolatiers not chocolate makers we didn't really know much about 
this. So we've sort of uncovered, as we've gone along, we've found different suppliers, um, more locally produced things to have less of a carbon footprint. Obviously, all our stuff, we've always been vegan. So stuff's just, it just has always been vegan. Yeah. It's not really a um, selling point or a marketing point for us. Just um, it just is. It just yeah. is. Um, we had somebody on uh, last week or the week before and they said our products are accidentally vegan. Yeah. I quite like that. Yeah. Accidentally <laughs> vegan. So explain to me the, 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 for you, the ethics behind being a vegan. What, what is it that's really important to you? I mean, it just extends the, the care and compassion that we've just been talking about towards humans and children. It's the same towards animals. So for me, that it has the, it, the it's, an, it's on an equal. Um, so when you look more closely into it, into the milk, you know, industry, dairy, anything dairy, anything like that, eggs, it's, it's something people don't want to, they don't want to, you know, see it. They look the other way. And it's the same with, with issues in all food and drinks. So, and again, we don't, we don't preach about it. People that come to us generally, they either want to buy vegan chocolate or they want to buy something that's like locally produced, handmade in a small batches, um, that kind of thing. But, you know, obviously the dairy industry is is horrific. It's it's uh, calves being ripped away from their mothers from birth. It's being forced to produce milk and, you know, your only existence, their only existence is to, you know, provide and then and die. So it's incredibly sad. <laughs> but mm. it's just not something we want to contribute to. So how do you manage to to, to replicate the, the milk side of it? I mean, I presume there's lots of choices now that there didn't used to be. So, you know, there's oat milk and there's soy. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, so and it makes it a bit easier. Um, a lot of chocolate, you know, the, the dark chocolates tend to not have milk in anyway. So it's just not got the milk, uh, milk powders or milk solids. We use coconut milk, rice milk, oat milk, soya, a bit of everything, depending what flavor that we're after. So we use uh, soya in our fudge, but coconut milk in our um, ganaches and caramels. And then we use like British sugar to sweeten it. So, yeah, there's you can anything you can do, I can do vegan. So, da -da, da -da. <laughs> now there's quite a, a claim. Now, you've bought a beautiful box of, of truffles. AJ, do you want to just explain what they look like? And I'm going to ask Ben, as a chocolate expert, to have a little taste and see what he thinks. What have we, what have we got here first? Um, maybe before? So, uh, uh, this is like a milk mousse orange. There's a white chocolate bueno, lemon meringue pie, and on the end is peanut butter caramel. Wow. And they've got beautiful Explain what they look like. Like, almost like they come from the moon. Yeah. Like, sprinkled with moon dust. I ben, think, Lily, you were saying that you hand finish them or hand paint, paint them. Yeah, so they, I hand paint the um, the insides of the, the moulds that we use. Mm. Um, and then, so it works like in reverse. So I paint the mould and then because of the tempered chocolate that I pour in, it then casts the design oh, in reverse onto ah. the top of the shell. So there's sort of swirls of different colours. Yeah, so all the cocoa butters we use... Um, um, are all sort of naturally uh, flavoured, you know, with colourings mm. and stuff. So we don't use any like, E numbers, anything so like that. So I think that. I've got the lemon meringue, which is white. It's, it's got a little dusting of yellow on yeah. the top. What's inside that? So white chocolate is a little bit harder, as is sort of meringue type thing to do vegan. So that one's got a, a lemon fudge that we do and then like mm. a vanilla a meringue. And then it's got a biscuit base, mm. so like a caramelised biscuit base. Mm. What have you got there? I think I've got... Is this an orange, yeah. orange mousse? So we started um, aerating a lot of our ganaches because mm. a lot of vegan ganache can be quite heavy and quite thick set and it's like quite a dark taste. So that one is our milk, which we then started aerating. So I'm a bit of a nerd on shelf life. So usually handmade things have a shorter shelf life. So I do a lot of work with um, water molecules and air to manipulate the shelf life so we don't use wow. any preservatives in anything. So they Fab. usually they these have a considerably longer shelf life than most handmade products. But in, in, a, in a natural sense, because you've worked out yeah. how to do that in a different way. It's surprisingly rich and creamy, considering it's obviously been made with no cream or milk or butter or anything like that. It's got a real richness yeah, and yeah. body to it. 
Thank you. <laughs> and what's a ganache? The ganache is the soft bit inside. Yeah, so it? it's usually an emulsification of chocolate and then some kind of mm. fat sauce. So we, yeah, coconut milk, but usually a, and a typical ganache has got like a double cream and then a, a butter as well. Yep. Ben, your thoughts as a chocolate man? Very. What, what one have you got? Creamy. I went for the uh, orange, chocolate mm. orange one. It's one of my favourites, but yeah, really nice, really creamy. Thumbs up on that one. Mm. Um, let's have a look at, oh, can we have a look at the thing that looks like a Toblerone? Yeah, Toblerone. <laughs> Toblerone. So What's in there? Is that just chocolate? So that's our milk uh, milk chocolate, and then it's got uh, pieces of our honeycomb and then almond nougatine. So nougat is quite a hard thing to do vegan as well, because yeah. anything with sort of egg whites or that... That's something that um, obviously aquafaba uses gets used quite a lot. Yeah, do you use aquafaba? We have, yeah. yeah. Do you want to explain what that is? Um, it's chickpea water, <laughs> <laughs> and you just whip it up, and it it's because of the protein content in the the so the peas they leak out the protein into the water, um, and it just it acts the same way in, as an egg yolk with the protein. Mm. And you whip it. I up. always wonder who discovered that. Yeah, Karen, what were you doing in order mm. to discover that? That's weird. Don't know. There's a company that? called Oggs that have yeah. stabilised it. They've worked with a couple of universities to make sure it's complete. And it can mm. be any bean, a kidney bean, and then you mm. get pink. Mm. Oh, do you get pink yeah, yeah. for the kidney yeah. bean? That's really cool. I do like the Toblerone. Do you? It's delicious, yeah. Really it's delicious. very creamy. You would mm. just not know it's vegan ever. No. I don't think. Mm. Yeah, nice aftertaste. Mm. I think vegan milk chocolate, that's the one that can sometimes taste a little like cheap chocolate. Dark chocolate, I think, has been quite nailed by a lot of companies. But yeah, mm. milk chocolate especially, it can taste not as high quality as some other milk products. Can I have a look inside your your jar of whatever, whatever it is? What do you call it? It's the hazelnut whip. It's the hazelnut whip. So it's a hazelnut praline oh, that wow. we make. And then we, I, so I make it, I set it, I chill it down and then I whip it back up again. Um, just because there's quite a lot of like nut butters and pastes and pralines oh, out. But if you just nice. aerate it, it just feels so. You can make it a bit more like a mousse. It feels such a luxury indulgence thing going on. But also, if you aerate it, you can eat twice as much because <laughs> <laughs> it point. makes it lighter and creamier, yeah. moussier. That's what I was trying to do. So it just yeah. Are you a trained chef? I don't. Think oh I could... no, I'm a musician. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I don't think no I could put that on yeah. toast. I don't know what I do with it. What What do you think? Well, that people keep asking us. <laughs> Do they? What yeah. do you do with it? So that's what we, so we um, actually are, all our customers, we built our following on Instagram. So we sort of have a bit of a community on there. So we kind of let them dictate a little bit what we make and where they should, yeah, what, how we should do that. Yeah, definitely. And and it, what are they coming up with? Um, with a spoon, but people have been using it in their baking a lot as well. Yeah, I so can imagine. yeah, mm. baking with it on porridge. On like, yeah. porridge? Yeah, a little spoon. Ooh, on a cake. Mm. What do you reckon on that as well, Ben? It's again really hazelnut. The hazelnut flavour is really good, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Right now we're going to go for for Tony's Chocolony. Bought hundreds of packets. Uh, what would you recommend for us? Maybe one that um, Lily can taste. So this this is actually the only vegan bar I've bought with me. Thank you, Lily. You can open that one. It's you. bright green. It's got beautiful matches my nails. It's bright blue. Does. It's dark <laughs> almond Lettering. and sea salt. Um, and then I'd also say you have to try the orange one, which isn't orange, but it's our bestseller in every single market, and that is our caramel and sea salt. And oh, wow. it's my personal favourite. Um, so, but it does contain milk. And yeah, they all have that uneven pattern on them. So the, yeah, the big bars, the small bars. We've even actually in that one, as, and as well as here, hidden a little map of the equator. So you've got West Africa and you've got the equator here, and that's a, a little <laughs> nod to cool. our farmers. That is very cool. Um, yeah. It's lovely. Which one have you had? 
I think I've got these. Is this the caramel sea salt? Yeah. It's yeah, really crunchy. This one is, yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, you've got the kind of, it's big chewy bits of uh, caramel mm. and then chunks of sea salt as well. It's... Yeah, caramel flavour really comes forward, doesn't it? Yeah. Real, like brown sugar and... We're not really doing anybody much favours here because studio is quite hot, so it's it's not quite the right temperature. Big argument about what temperature you should have chocolate at. Um, some people, which I think you should be jailed for, have chocolate out of the fridge. No, 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 no. I think chocolate in the fridge is a jailable offence. For me, you can't taste it. And and so so what you ideally is just somewhere cool and dark um, and ideally, is it, is it body temperature? Yeah, dry, mm. we say um, just dry and cool, yeah, away yeah. from radiators and things like that, but definitely not in the fridge. It just raises the temperature too much, and it's tempered to around body temperature, so it should melt on the yeah. tongue. Yeah. Yeah. We say if, the same. If, we if it comes out of the fridge, the fridge, it can't melt. It, it can't melt on your tongue. Do some which damage is, with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> which is the point of doing that. So... Um, I can't believe it. We've already come to the end of the program. You won't believe that, will you? No. But um, if you feel very strongly about some of the things we've been talking about, I really do think you should be looking at back and packets. Uh, the internet's a great resource. You should be researching who you're ordering from and buying from. Um, and Chocolonely, Tony's Chocolonely, um, look inside the packet. It tells you everything you need to know, really, just on the inside, doesn't it? And that's the point of it. Mm. Um, and I think you should be voting with your wallet or your purse or your card Absolutely. or your phone and when I you're think buying stuff. There's an element, isn't there, of people saying, well, it's just me. What difference do I make? But actually, lots and lots of people making very small changes mm. has a huge effect. It's the cumulative effect. And people are looking at these data. They are analyzing trends and insights mm. people are buying more vegan people are buying more plant-based people are um you know absolutely choosing ethical based products above other products you're not just you you are actually a collective and if you can get you and your family to do something yeah. it does have an effect and i really think that's important ben what's the price point of this say versus a bar of uh Cadbury's or something. So it I'm is, not picking on Cadbury's. No, no, it's, right. an example. It's, it's it's more expensive than a bar of Cadbury's uh, per gram, and uh, cheaper than something like Green and Blacks and Lint. So you're so just above that level. So uh, a lot of families are struggling at the moment. It's quite difficult at the moment. We all need a little bit of chocolate in our life, especially mm -hmm. if times are a bit hard. So if you can afford just that little bit extra, um, it's a good ethical choice. And where is it available? So it's available everywhere at the moment, isn't it? Nearly, yeah. We're, 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 you can buy us in a load of independent shops online on our website. Uh, we're also in Tesco's now, most Tesco's, Waitrose, Sainsbury's and Ocado. So hopefully... Pretty much everyone, you cannot Lots of garages us. as well seem to spot right. you in. Yeah, hmm. the, the, the M&S. garages yeah. and M&S. But we, I mean, chocolate's not, it's not good for you. And we, we say that, we just say... Mm. No, it's a treat. It's, it's, treat. Yeah, it's a treat, just maybe spend a bit more, eat a bit less. And yeah. th think about where it's coming from and ask some questions. Brilliant. So we'll do lots of links there. Uh, Lily, uh, where can people get yours? Is it online? TruePigVegan.com. Yeah. We and just again, sell directly from the website. We restock every Friday until we sell out. And then you start again. We start again. And that's they the shape beautiful. of your week. Yeah. Uh, they look gorgeous as well. They look really, Lovely really gifts to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you very much. And said we will uh, put a link uh, of that. <sighs> a bit full up. <laughs> I've eaten, um, yes, I've eaten a bit too much. I've only um, just started. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, 
carry on, aren't we? <laughs> um, so thanks again to Ben Greensmith of Tony's uh, Chocolate Only, Lily Gaskell of True Pig Vegan. Call out to your husband. Oh, Ian, yeah, he's Ian. out there. He well done, Ian. Ian does all the packing. He's outside the studio. He's not allowed in. So thank you, Ian. And you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. We're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. I'm going to put my feet up as I'm exhausted after <laughs> tasting all that. I rather think AJ is going to carry on uh, partaking. Um, if you want to syndicate our lovely programme for free on your radio station, please do get in touch with us on hello at foodtalk.co.uk and we hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Vegan first or <laughs> a bit more caramel and salt? I think all of the above. Yeah.